Good evening from the studio in Leesburg, Virginia. Uh, my name is Craig McHenry, and you're listening to Nat's Talk on the Go. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I was able to record. Combination of many things. I spent uh, a week in Copenhagen and London. Uh, that was an amazing trip. I uh, had a blast. A lot of stories. Next time you see me out at a game or a bar, feel free to ask me about it, and I'll have many, many to tell you uh, about a soccer game, some crazy train rides, some crazy plane rides, some fun drinking stories, and lots of bicycles. Uh, yes, Copenhagen, Denmark is a bicycle-heavy town. Uh, super amazing, super fun, uh, great food all across the board. If you like smoked fish, go to Copenhagen. They have a fair amount of it there. Um, got to listen to a little baseball while I was over there. Uh, heard Charlie and Dave one night. I think it was an afternoon day game somewhere. Uh, and the time difference actually made it so that I could listen, which was really a neat experience. Um, since then, uh, was sick when I first got back, uh, jet lag, tired, um, probably hung over for a week, which is delightful. Um, then I had a migraine for five days which uh, if you're a regular listener to the show or a friend of mine, I suffer from migraines, and it's pretty brutal and pretty terrible, and uh, there's really nothing you can do when you get one that bad. So I would have liked to record earlier, but uh, the migraine definitely got in the way there. Um, And on top of that, the Nationals have been playing baseball pretty much every night, and then every other night seems to be the Washington Capitals. And uh, for those of you that are fans of the D.C. hockey team, uh, or casual observers of sport, uh, you may have realized that the Washington Capitals are in the conference finals and up two games to one as of this recording on the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, so that's taken up my evenings. I We're not at a point <laughs> where I can watch the game and even casually pay attention and try and well talk about baseball. It's just It's just not going to happen. Uh, I I have trouble enough having anything else on the TV while I'm trying to record, so I'm not even going to try during conference final playoff hockey. And the Caps are doing great. Um, They have seemingly uh, broken the D.C. sports curse. Uh, I believe all across the board teams were somewhere, I wanted to say 0-13, maybe uh, 0-16, with opportunities to get to a conference or league championship the nationals owning i want to say five of those opportunities where they have just been unable to get to the final uh the league final the conference final whichever you want to call it whichever league you're in but dc uh the curse appears to be broken uh i believe davy martinez and barry trotz the washington capitals coach are now bffs and texting buddies which is really cool to see i love the support that you see from the Washington Nationals, uh, I guess, media partner, um, their social media all over the the players. They're wearing Caps hats, uh, and the team is actively encouraging the Washington Capitals in their quest to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and ultimately hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. You see tweets, you see the uh, scores on at the ballpark, all sorts of things. So I really like seeing that. The curse is broken. Hopefully that the the monkey or 800-pound penguin is now off the back of uh, the Wizards and the Washington Nationals so that we can see some higher-level playoff baseball than we've seen at this point. Um, so since we last spoke, the Washington Nationals have been on a bit of a tear lately. Somewhere around 11 of 13... Uh, They've won 11 of their past 13. Maybe it's 12 of their last 14. Maybe it's 11 of their last 14. Somewhere around there. No matter what way you slice it, the Nationals are doing a phenomenal job right now. And things really start to be have started clicking despite some uh, rather major injuries still with the ball club. Ryan Zimmerman going on the disabled list. Rendon had a spell on the disabled list. Um... Adam Eaton, still out, going to be another six weeks after jacking up his body yet again. Daniel Murphy, still out. 
but the Nationals have had a, a, a quite a cast of characters in the last month or so that were not names you would have thought of as being uh, really important pieces for this 2018 Washington Nationals club. Um, Jeremy Hellickson came in after uh, A.J. Cole started the season, uh, basically, I guess, inside of a toilet, maybe even worse, and inside of a septic tank. It was so shitty and so bad. Um, Like, you can't even imagine the smells down there. It's just terrible. Mm. Ah, that's delicious. Um, But yeah, A.J. Cole, terrible. Jeremy Hellickson, who kind of was signed at the last minute, he has come in and he has been one of the Nationals' most effective starters, and that's saying uh, a whole lot considering uh, they have the still rejuvenated Gio Gonzalez, Max Scherzer, who appears to be on his way to a third straight Cy Young Award, um, which is just stupid. Uh, also helping with the bat. Like, I can't even, I literally cannot even with Max Scherzer. Um, Steven Strasburg, who's been a little bit up and down, and Tanner Roark, who's been also a little bit up and down. But it should be noted that none of our starters have an uh, ERA over 3.33, I believe, is the highest with uh, Tanner Roark. Um, so Jeremy Hellickson playing a huge role, kind of came out of nowhere, uh, not expected to be a star, not expected to be a top three pitcher, but he is absolutely pitching like one right now. He will give up some hits, uh, but he will get outs. He will not give up runs, and he will get outs, and he will do more than what you want from a four or five starter right now for sure. So he's been a nice surprise. Matt Adams, who has come in and played uh, fine enough left field when he's had to do it, and then when he was spelling Ryan Zimmerman, uh, doing uh, quite fantastically as well. Um, his bat is just insane. He went on a tear where he had some five home runs in four or five games. He was just seemed like every time you you, you turned your head, it was, I believe it's Big City. Internet's going to yell at me over that. I want to say it's Big City doing Big City things. Whatever his nickname is, um, Matt Adams really just making it happen uh, in the replacement of uh, Ryan Zimmerman. And I'll, I'll get into that more a little bit in a, in a, in a short while. Um, the potential and possibility of a platoon situation there with Ryan Zimmerman. But uh, Matt Adams really coming in. He has endeared himself to the home team fans almost immediately. Definitely filling that um, Adam Lind role from last year. And as good as Adam Lind was, so far it seems like Matt Adams has been better than that which is really awesome. He's a younger player. Um, he's been doing a fantastic job. And then some seemingly out of nowhere, uh, the Nationals brought up Mark Reynolds, uh, once Ryan Zimmerman went on uh, disabled list. The former Diamondback, the former, I want to say Oriole as well. Um, dude's played six or seven places, uh, and has now gotten his chance with the Washington Nationals, and immediately facing his former team, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, he just cranked two bombs, two majestic home runs, and he was just really feeling it. I believe it was a two-home run and a double appearance, which is just fantastic. Uh, really nice to see the Nationals bench players, uh, the Matt Adams, the um, Mark Reynolds, and uh, Jeremy Hellickson, not a bench player, but uh, not expected to be a key contributor, especially this early in the season. Uh, it's really nice to see them all really doing well for this ball club. Um, and then other, other things uh, happening. Matt Wieters to the disabled list. Um, forget what happened to him. I believe he might have got hit on the hand. Uh, no, no, no. It was uh, some, I think, running to first base. Uh, came up limp. Something like that. Something with the, with the lower half of the body. Uh, we'll call that a lower body injury as they call it in hockey, since that's what's on most people's minds these days. Um, Pedro Severino. Uh, I said it about a month ago. I said it three weeks ago. Um, I'm about ready. I was, at the time, ready to have Pedro Severino be the starter um, for the team. Uh, And he's just come in. He's been really effective. 
He has been really good at throwing runners out. He has gotten much more comfortable with the starting pitchers. I know there was a, a start early there from Max Scherzer that was a little bit uncomfortable, but he seems to be able to handle the pitching staff really, really well and really comfortable. And he has a lot of swagger to his game that is really fun to see. He gets really excited behind the plate. He is a very gifable player. So for anyone on the magical internets that likes to see that kind of thing, you're going to see a lot of Pedro Severino because he is super fun and really uh, really a treat to watch back there. Uh, he's been doing a, a fantastic job. Um, let's see. I touched a little bit on Max Scherzer. What more can you say about that guy? He's hitting at the plate. I want to say he's hitting somewhere around 260, somewhere between 260 and maybe 290. He's hitting the ball. He is, it seems like everywhere you look, every time you look, he's got 10 more strikeouts in an absurd amount of time. He had, what was it, 15 strikeouts in six and a third innings. Like, 15 strikeouts is insane. Do you know how many times Justin Verlander has had 15 strikeouts in a game? I do. It's zero. He's never done it. And Max Scherzer did it in six and a third innings. That's stupid. That's insanity. That means there were only four outs that he recorded that were not just filthy, dominant Max Scherzer uh, stalking strikeouts. The guy is an absolute freak show. And we get to watch him all the time. Uh, There's not been a more dominant pitcher in baseball in the last three years. Um, Clayton Kershaw has been there uh, at the top, but injuries have knocked him down this year uh, with a DL stint. Um, So that was essentially Max's only competition to this point uh, for the 2018 season for another Cy Young. Um, I know at the beginning of the year, I believe I predicted that uh, Steven Strasburg would be better than Max Scherzer. Um, I thought Strasburg would have a better start than he has this year, uh, has had so far, but I was crazy in just not saying Max Scherzer will continue to be the best pitcher in baseball because, holy mother of God, he is the best pitcher in baseball and he is just a treat to watch and I don't know what more you can say about him other than he's a freak, he's amazing, I love him and his silly, crazy eyes. Um, yeah, Max Scherzer, love him to death, uh, five out of five stars, would watch again, um, just delightful, um, so moving on, let's, uh, we talked about some players a little bit, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the bullpen, um, we've still seen, although the Nationals are on quite a tear overall, like I said, it's either 11 to 13, 11 to 14, 12 to 14, somewhere around there. Someone will please correct me, I'm sure. Um, the ball club hasn't been winning bigly. <laughs> they haven't been winning bigly. Uh, it's been a lot of close games still. There's not a lot of uh, non-save situation Nats wins. Um, so you're seeing a bullpen that has been a little bit stretched thin uh start to falter a little bit. Uh, the law firm of Kinsler, Madsen, and Doolittle uh, is not the best right now. Uh, Kinsler and Madsen especially, uh, and I lean more towards Kinsler on this, uh, looks like he's uh, been figured out when you're a contact pitcher like Kinsler is, you need to make sure that it's weak contact and not solid contact. He is having a, a bit of a rough go right now, and um, I would not be surprised if we're talking a month from now and Brandon Kinsler is no longer uh, used in higher leverage situations um, in that uh, set him up, set him up, do little role. So it would not surprise me at all. I, I, like I said, he's a contact pitcher, and he's just been giving up a ton of really hard, solid contact that is finding holes and getting those extra base hits. So he has not been that reliable, dependable, ground ball, weak pop-up kind of pitcher. When you can't strike people out, that's what you need. You kind of only have that one trick, and if it's not working, you're going to see some pretty bad results. And right now, uh, Kinsler is not the most dependable, uh, whereas Sean Doolittle, 
believe he's a perfect 11 for 11, maybe a 12 for 12 on saves. Somewhere around there, I could easily look it up. But I figure, you know, we're just talking. That's fine. Um, uh, Sean Doolittle has been fantastic. He's been exactly what the Nationals needed at this time last year. Um, and he has been a, a very key contributor to the Nationals' uh, rise up the NL East division rankings or standings, if you will. Uh, the Nationals, as of this recording on Wednesday night, uh, night of the half, one-and-a-half doubleheader, one-and-a-half-le header, we're going to call it, the one-and-a-half-le header, uh, that was rained out uh, after Gio Gonzalez uh, could not get through the fifth inning without giving up a run, or else the game would be official. Uh, I was screaming my head off, saying, get him out, get him out, get him out. He cannot find the strike zone, um, and he did not find the strike zone at all. Um, so uh, a rained out one-and-a-half-er, whatever I said, um, that's when I'm recording. The Nationals are one and a half games behind the uh, NL East leading Atlanta Braves, who have one of the hottest hitters on the planet in Ozzy Albies. I want to say the 18-year-old, or excuse me, 19-year-old Ozzy Albies, who is who's a fun player to watch. And I hate to say that because he is an Atlanta Brave. Um, I expect the Braves to not be able to maintain this level of success, much like the New York Metropolitans, who were very much not able to uh, continue their success. Uh, they have absolutely plummeted down the standings, and I believe they're now four, four and a half games back of the division-leading uh, Braves. Uh, falling apart, injuries, once again, shenanigans with, oh, this pitcher is injured. No, he's actually fine. Oh, wait, no, he's actually pretty hurt. Uh, once again, what you've seen huh, with the Nationals, except there's not that, oh, he's better. It's just, oh, he's, you know, day-to-day, and then all of a sudden he's out for six months. Um, and then Matt Harvey, uh, owner of the worst nickname in baseball, the Dark Knight, uh, traded to Cincinnati. Wah, wah. Uh, I know he started his uh, tenure there uh, under interim manager Jim Riggleman, uh, former Nats great, former Nats quitter um so that's a really uh humbling situation for Matt Harvey but yeah the Mets have just absolutely tanked um anyway I think I was talking about the bullpen and somehow I got talking about the standings so uh back to the bullpen and Sean Doolittle um let's talk for a second about everyone's favorite story from the Diamondbacks series and that is the bullpen carts Mm. so Baseball allowed, uh, for the first time since the 1980s, bullpen carts. Teams to use bullpen carts to get bullpen pitchers to the mound faster. And to at the start of the Nationals' four-game sweep of the NL West-leading Diamondbacks, um, only one pitcher to that point had used the bullpen cart, and that was uh, Colin McHugh um, had used it. And in the Nationals' series... Uh, I believe uh, Doolittle used it at least twice, maybe even three times. Ryan Madsen used it, and I want to say maybe someone else used it. And um, yes, it's fun. Yes, it's funny. It looks hilarious. It's a big giant baseball with a hat on it, something like that. It's weird looking. It's funny looking. Um, It doesn't seem like it saved a lot of time, which is okay, uh, because sometimes it's fun to have Little novelty things like that, but I was really interested to hear what uh, Sean Doolittle had to say after he rode the cart. Uh, obviously, all the jokes and the fun and the shenanigans and all that uh, all applies because it's, like I said, it's baseball and we want to make baseball fun again. Um, but it's what he said about his breathing and his mental state once he got to the mound that I thought was really interesting, and which uh, leads me to believe the Nationals will uh, seriously look into getting a bullpen cart. Uh, if they can do it midseason, maybe, uh, but maybe the uh, 2019 season as well. Um, he said that it might not have saved him time getting to the mound, but uh, one of the, his big things that he has to make sure 
he is uh, in con- complete control of when he's on the mound is his breathing. And usually you get in, he said he would get to the mound uh, after cu- running out and he would spend his eight warm-up pitches trying to focus on controlling his breathing because, you know, running uh, any length of time when you've been sitting completely cold for three hours um, is going to alter your breathing. So he got, he would, he said he would usually get to the mound and have to spend the minute and 15 seconds, minute and 20 seconds he had left, uh, trying to get his breathing under control. So he's ready to face the first hitter, but with riding the bullpen cart, he did not have to worry about it at all. Uh, and that he could just focus on, uh, the, the little bit extra. And it really kind of showed in his performance. It was not, it was very comfortable saves. He looked good. He looked really comfortable on the mound. Um, and he kind of said, I don't know why more people aren't using this because it was a, it benefited my pitching, not just uh, what it was originally intended for, and that was to save time. So I really like the bullpen cart. I think it's a really neat idea. I'm glad that um, some of the other Nationals pitchers decided to use it because that's really cool. Um, and I would love to see uh, Sean Doolittle become a trendsetter and more more and more pitchers to adopt it because it is a fun little quirky thing and that's uh, really cool. So I love the bullpen carts. Super fun. Um, yeah, go Sean Doolittle. Love ya. Um, just keep getting in there and getting some outs. Um, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? Um, let's talk about Davey Martinez and Bryce Harper. Uh, they love each other and it's really adorable and I really like that they do. Uh, Bryce Harper has a history, for sure, of being very pro-manager. He was uh, said to be very upset when um, Matt Williams was ultimately let go by the Washington Nationals. Um, He very much liked Dusty Baker, though, as we alluded to before on the podcast, no one really came out and uh, talked about Dusty Baker's job security after the Nationals lost to the Dodgers in the playoffs. So um, it was basically let the chips fall where they may. Um, But obviously, Bryce Harper had a great relationship with Dusty Baker. But something about Davey Martinez and Bryce Harper seems a little bit different. Um, They hug a lot, which is really cool. Bryce Harper has gone out of his way to talk about uh, how impressed he is with Davey Martinez and how comfortable he is with his leadership. And it seems like mm, the things that weren't happening for the Washington Nationals at the beginning of the 2018 season uh, are happening now. They're winning those one-run games. They're getting the clutch hits when they need them. Uh, the atmosphere around the club seems to have evolved, um, and it seems like more and more of the team is buying in to Davey Martinez and his philosophies and what he wants to do. And it seems to have made uh, some difference. So uh, Bryce Harper, definitely a leader in the clubhouse. Does this potentially mean that Bryce Harper uh, might stay in D.C. a little bit more? I think it can't hurt. Uh, He's got a good relationship with a manager. He loves and respects. He's comfortable in D.C., he had a great charity event last weekend where they opened Bryce Harper Field. He's very involved with the community. He, uh, I was telling someone this uh, last week. I don't remember who. I don't remember what we were talking about. But uh, Bryce Harper's favorite player of all time is uh, Marlins co-owner and uh, downright terrible baseball executive Derek Jeter, uh, who made his career by staying in one place for his entire career. You don't see it very often these days that one player comes up, has a Hall of Fame career with one team, and Derek Jeter was absolutely that. Let his team mm, was a partner to uh, some people that led the t- uh, the Yankees to become a dominant force in the late 90s through uh, the 2000s. Um, I won't say he was the leader, because there were some way better players than him on those teams. Um, But one of the things Bryce Harper has always admired is that he stayed with one team uh, for his entire career. So 
as of this point, I would say there is uh, at least a 50% chance that Bryce Harper stays in D.C. after this year, which uh, if you haven't been paying attention, this is his contract year. He is a free agent after the end of this season. Um, Philadelphia is looking. Doubt the Yankees are looking. The Dodgers, of course, have money. Uh, Quote-unquote best friend uh, Mike Rizzo for the Chicago Cubs has been lobbying sort of for him to come and play in Chicago. But I would not be surprised if Bryce Harper were to stay in D.C. uh, for the reasons I just mentioned. He's comfortable. He's... He wants to be that guy. He wa- uh, Legacy is going to be a big thing for Bryce Harper. And the dude's going to get paid. Uh, the, the learners have already proven very clearly that they will absolutely open their checkbook for things that are important. Um, I discussed it on the, I want to say maybe on the podcast with Joe last time. Um, or no, actually I think we were going to discuss it on the podcast, but I don't know if we actually got to it. How many bad contracts with uh, that has Mike Rizzo actually given out? Um, I believe we came up with four. Um, Rafael Soriano, closer, did not work out even a little bit, uh, and that was a overruled by the learners deal. There was the Jonathan Papelbon trade. Uh, Rizzo had one brief moment of panic. After losing in the playoffs yet again, needed a closer. Got the wrong guy, obviously. So that's two closers, and I wanted to say so that was somewhere around $56 million in total. Each of them had two years, I want to say. Soriano was a two-year $20 million deal, and Papelbon was two twenty-four, dollars maybe? Um, obviously, neither of those experiments worked very well. Uh, the Nate McLeod deal, uh, I want to say it was $2.10 million. Uh, was not a great deal, and once again, um, I don't know if I mentioned, uh, these are multi-year deals uh, that are turned out to be uh, maybe not albatrosses for Mike Rizzo, but not good deals. Um, Nate McLeod, I believe it was 2-10. He was injured. If it was the Nate McLeod uh, of the previous couple years, that would have been a, a solid signing and good at the value but he was just hurt the whole time, so it wasn't really able to get a judge. And then the last one we could think of was, I want to say it was Uneski Maya, uh, Cuban superstar in the making, uh, the Cuban Cy Young Award winner, uh, multi-time Cy Young Award winner, who I want to say was on a four-year, $8 million deal, and was just terrible. He was just downright terrible. So uh, Mike Rizzo has a history of doing pretty damn well with multi-year deals. Um, the Jason Worth contract was a success. The um, Obviously, Max Scherzer so far has been a huge success. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman extension. Steven Strasburg extension. Uh, we're talking some big dollars for those four players right there alone. And uh, I would not be surprised to hear talk of a, a an Anthony Rendon uh, extension talk sometime second half of the season into the offseason. Uh, he's going to be a free agent after the 2019 season, I believe. So uh, it's pretty clear that learners are willing to pay for the right players. You don't see the very bad, very uh, crazy, stupid deals um, that you do with a lot of teams. Uh, so the learners are absolutely willing to pay for the right players. So Bryce Harper, obviously, generational talent second best player in baseball right now behind Mike Trout. Um, So I have a feeling they would be willing to pay up. And with Bryce Harper being comfortable, liking Davey Martinez I think is a big thing. It's not everything, but, I mean, anything that doesn't hurt is a good thing. Mm. Okay, let's see. Is there anything else out there that I'd like to talk about? Oh, let's talk a little bit. Let's go around the league. Uh, talk about a couple things randomly um, before I get to the, I think now, six or seven questions. Um, I'm going to need some more questions if I'm going to have to do this again, which I have to do it. I want to do it. But I would like some more questions next time. That would be great. Um, so uh, Robinson Cano, uh, second baseman for the Seattle Mariners, over the offseason, he tested positive 
for a diuretic. Um, now, you may be wondering why this is a big deal. Uh, it's just a diuretic. It helps you pee, uh, all of that. Um, but in the drug agreement with the Players Association, um, a diuretic is used in athletes uh, to cover up, to mask uh, drug use. And so a diuretic alone is not grounds for suspension, but there is an independent panel that uh, reviews the case and the evidence and decides whether or not it was, um, whether they believe that it was used to mask another drug. And they absolutely ruled that the diuretic in this instance was used to mask drug use, whether that is uh, a steroid or something else. I have no idea. I would assume it's some type of performance enhancer. Um, I don't care. Uh, I know that anyone who's listened, I don't care uh, about the people that took steroids in the past. I don't really care that much. I just don't know how you can be a $24, $25 million player a year. We're talking a year. Um, and you can be so stupid. It's very clear in the rules and Robinson Cano's statement, oh, I didn't know this doctor told me uh, that, you know, I could take this and it was prescribed, but I didn't know it was against the rules. It's very clearly against the rules. They go over it ad nauseum. There is a list of banned substances. All you have to do is ask the team, the doctor, whatever. Hey, can I put this thing into my body? If they say no, don't put it in your body. If you do, you're dumb. Robinson Cano is dumb for his excuse doesn't even make sense. It's just ignorant. It's just incredible. I don't care um, all of that, so whatever. He's just, he's just really dumb. Um, let's see. What else? Anything else fun out there? Oh, um, Jose Batista is a third baseman now um, for the Braves, which is hilarious. So uh, right-handed Nats hitters, pull the ball because Jose Batista is ancient and cannot move. So it'll be like Chipper Jones is back for the Braves. It'll be great, except, you know, Jose Batista actually can hit. Um, let's see. Anything else? Umpires. Umpires are really bad this year. They're still really bad. There seems to be, they seem to be more aggressive in pursuing players uh, than we've seen in the previous couple years. I don't know what it is, but they're generally very bad, and I'm really annoyed by it and their stupidity, uh, especially you, Joe West, who doesn't really know the rules on uh, collisions and potential collisions and blocking the base pass for a catcher. So uh, way to go lying to um, David Martinez and the world, and you got caught. So don't be so much of an idiot, and it's all okay. Um, so I think I'm going to just get to questions now. I don't know how long it's been, but I think it's time to get to questions because I don't have that many, and um, there's not too much else to talk about. Nats are hot. Um, bullpen's okay. Uh, bench is thin. Really would like some of these new, some of these, uh, players back. God, when Murphy comes back, that's going to be freaking fantastic. Uh, you're going to see Bryce Harper move down the lineup, uh, get Ryan Zimmerman back, uh, Matt Wieters, who actually was off to a decent year, get him back. It's going to be really just, it's going to be nice to see. It's going to be good to have a, a full lineup. Oh, got it. Adam Eaton. Remember how good he was for the first, like, two weeks before he got hurt again? Man, he was great. I'm really excited to have him back. Oh, Michael A. Taylor, he's not doing a great job. Oh, oh, that's all, that's what I wanted to talk about before we got to questions. Although, I'm pretty sure there was a couple questions on it. Um, Wonderkind, uh, Juan Soto. I believe the last time I potted, uh, he was in low A Hagerstown, and now he's in double A because he is a freaking monster. He is a great player. He profiles at a corner outfield. Looks like it's probably going to be left field. Um, so I will go ahead and say there is a potential that you could see a Juan Soto, uh, Victor Robles, Bryce Harper outfield in 2018. Yes, I said it. Yes, I mean it. It could happen. And holy crap. Uh, Juan Soto played, I want to say, 16 games at high A, or excuse me, at low A, Hagerstown. Uh, tore up the league. Had an over, I want to say, 1,300 OPS uh, and just absolutely dominated. Got promoted to Potomac. Uh, became the league leader in home runs in two weeks for the league. 
who had played three weeks prior uh, to his arrival, had a, I want to say, 1,400 OPS, and then got called up to AA uh, and has proceeded to do quite well uh, at AA. He got benched. It was a very similar situation to the Harper-Matt Williams. Uh, you didn't hustle down the first baseline. Looked like it was just fine. But my expert opinion <clears throat> is that uh, this is a uh, setting a tone kind of situation for Soto. Um, it was definitely message sending. This is a kid. A month ago, he was in Hagerstown. And all of a sudden, he's double A. Uh, prospect lists had him around number 20, 25, 30 to start the season. He's top 10, top 5 on some lists now. Already. So this was a, hey kid, don't get too big for your britches too fast. Uh, you're doing well, but you can't loaf. Um, I saw the video, thanks to good friend of the pod, uh, the Nats GM on his Twitter account, who's been sitting on some great minor league baseball and has some tremendous content right now. Um, but Juan Soto tearing it up, uh, kind of the talk of minor league baseball right now, which is really, really cool to see uh, the Nats just, man, doing really well at developing players right now. So really happy to see that. Uh, now let's develop some some arms, some some bullpen arms as well. That'd be nice. Uh, oh, Wander Suero. Yep, he's good. He's been uh, five and a third innings in the bigs. Three strikeouts, three walks, couple hits maybe. Uh, really good. So Wander Suero, there's one. Um, but let's get some more in there. Um, Juan Soto, great, awesome, fantastic. Meteoric rise through the minors. Would not be shocked to see him in the bigs by the end of this season. All right, without further ado, Let's get to questions. And there were some last week I was going to record, and then I don't remember what happened. Uh, I'm sorry about that. But uh, I'm recording now. Um, here we go. How much fun is Matt Adams from Jen Underwood? Thank you, Jen, for the couple questions. Uh, I think Matt Adams is great. He was a great signing at the time. I believe the Nationals are spending $4 million uh, on him this season. He's young. I want to say he's around 28 years old. Um so he's on the right side of 30. Uh, I absolutely see a situation once Ryan Zimmerman comes back where it's much more of a true platoon split between uh, he and Ryan Zimmerman with uh, Matt Adams getting the bulk of things against uh, right-handed hitters and Ryan Zimmerman getting in there against all left-handed hitters. Uh, so I absolutely see a situation where that is. So Matt Adams has been quite a treat so far this year. Um, what do I think of Bryce in the leadoff spot? Mm. I think it was really smart at the time uh, that he was moved there. Um, he had walked uh, second most all-time in baseball history by the end of April. I believe he had some 38, 39 walks. Um, so in an effort to get Bryce Harper to see more pitches, um, it really helped. He went on a bit of a tear there for a while, uh, cranking bombs, really comfortable there, and it was really clicking. Um, but it changed his approach. Uh, he got a lot more aggressive. Uh, I'd say if you look at his walk numbers in May, he's had, I want to say, less than the number of fingers on my right hand in walks uh, so far in May. So... I think he's changed his approach, and I don't think it's worked that well. He's still running into some pitches, but I think once Daniel Murphy gets back, who is, by the way, down in Florida rehabbing, um, uh, getting ready to go on a rehab assignment. So I think once Murphy can, comes back and there's a little bit more protection in the lineup for him, you're going to see Bryce Harper move back down and see Trey Turner uh, up in that one spot again. Um, so I definitely think that's going to happen. Uh, where does Joe Ross fit in when he comes back? I don't know how much we're actually going to see Joe Ross this season. Um, if we do, it's going to be a cup of coffee at the end of the year. Uh, and then I, I think it's probably a wait-and-see situation, see how he's doing. His brother Tyson's having himself a hell of a year in San Diego, so that's good. Um, Patty, I already answered your question. There you go. Platooning Zim and Adam based on their splits. 
I'm for it. I would not be surprised if it happens. Uh, it'd be a big pill to swallow for Ryan Zimmerman, but I think at this point uh, you've got Ryan Zimmerman looking much like uh, Alex Ovechkin did at the end of that uh, Penguin series where there's a little bit of weight on his shoulders as the face of the franchise. So I think right now it's just win, baby. So I think there. Um, Juan Soto, does he get a call-up before the rosters expand? I don't think so, uh, unless there's some serious uh, injuries. Um, I really don't think uh, it's going to happen before September, but I'm ro- I've been wrong before, might be wrong now. Um, Patty again, what Nats will be all-stars? I think at this point it's definitely Max, it's definitely Bryce Harper. Um, Strasburg would not be a stretch. Um, Anthony Rendon, Trey Turner. I'd say that's probably your core right now. Um, those are probably going to be your uh, all-stars. Uh, maybe Sean Doolittle. Actually, yeah, probably Sean Doolittle. So I think you're looking at a really nice contingent for uh, the Midsummer Classic in D.C., which, oh, by the way, if you've got any tickets for any of the Derby or the Futures game, please hit me up at Craig Mack on Twitter. Uh, I would love to go to one of those. That would be just fantastic. Um, futures game. I think you're definitely going to see Soto. Um, I think there's a couple more prospects uh, around. Um, I can't remember the name of the one guy. Higuita, maybe? Something like that. He's having himself a hell of a year. Eric Fetty uh, having a good year as well. So I think you might see them. Uh, celebrity softball tournament. I think Wale has to be there. I think you have to get some type of politician, uh, maybe uh, just for fun, Eleanor Holmes Norton uh, can be like an honorary coach or something. Um, uh, Yeah, I would say definitely some local flavor, some local celebrity, but I I have no idea who else is going to be there. Um, From John Fang, in honor of aging soccer player Wayne Rooney potentially signing with DC United, what aging baseball legend would you like to see play in D.C.? Uh, I would have liked to see Ichiro uh, before his, um, I'm not going to call it a shock retirement, but before his tr- abrupt transition into front office management, where he is um, now the um, uh, special assistant to the uh, uh, management. Um, I seem to have uh, lost power at my house. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm going to keep recording because it's just recording, and then uh, I'll just save it and post it when we can. Um, Let me answer a couple more questions. If the Natch were kitchen gadgets, which would they be? Um... I've gotten a lot of kitchen gadgets lately. I have an electric smoker. It's pretty fantastic. I got a Instant Pot, which is just delightful. Um, and then I have an air fryer. Uh, the Instant Pot has been absolutely unbelievable so far. Um, it makes meals that are delicious and quick and fantastic. Oh, and my power's back on, so that's fantastic. Um, that was a fun little minute there. Um, the Instant Pot is really great. Makes some great meals. I made a honey something chicken that was delicious. And what else? Oh, a pork, a Cuban pork, something or other. Also fantastic. So recommend getting one. Uh, is there going to be a sustained success with Helixson, Stevenson, and Reynolds? Helixson? I think absolutely you're going to see some success. Um, however, uh, I don't think we're seeing much out of Stevenson. Uh, he's a little bit scrappy, good bench player, really solid defense, although had some trouble in center field the other night. Um, and then Mark Reynolds, what you see is really what you get. He is a uh, big time power, big time strikeouts, uh, A lot of uh, those older Nats fans will remember Adam Dunn. A lot of that type of player. So very different than modern last four or five years baseball. 
Okay, what am I drinking from Ryan Sullivan? Right now I've got uh, some homemade infused vodka, which I infused with organic strawberries over four days. Uh, it turned out absolutely unbelievable. I'm um, having that with with uh, club soda, so it's delicious. Uh, where is uh, himself as uh, the uh, guest host? Uh, soon. I would like to get you on next week, and I will know you've listened when you tweet me about it tomorrow from one of your 15 accounts. Um, what was the date Joe became too big of star for the show? Um, I actually have to go back and look at what the date of the first show was. I want to say it was like December 7, 2011. That is the absolute date that Joe became too big a star to be on this show. Um Caps or Lightning? Uh, I said Caps in three as a joke. Uh, I think the Caps get it done in game six uh, in Tampa Bay and go on to the Stanley Cup Finals against... I don't know who it's going to be. I hope it's not Winnipeg. Um, But yeah, that's fine. Best beer company in Maryland and Delaware. I'll give you one for each, Ryan. Uh, Maryland, I really enjoy RAR. I think RAR makes some phenomenal beer. Uh, They're out, I believe, on the Eastern Shore. Um of Maryland. Great beer. Burley Oak is also very, very good out there. Um, and then Delaware. Gotta give big ups to um, Miss Billion River uh, out of... Uh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Milton, I believe. Milton, Delaware. Uh, phenomenal beer. Really quick with the times. I think their branding is wonderful uh, and they're just fantastic people. So... Um, really like the folks out at Miss Billion River, uh, in Delaware. Um, so there you go for that. Uh, over under Joaquin Benoit pitches this season. Um, not sure how much he's going to make it to the majors. So I'm going to go, do you want me to set an over under? I'm going to say the over under is going to be a hundred pitches and I'm taking the under, uh, favorite seat money is an option at Nats Park. Um, I sat once in the handicap section down the third baseline, uh, which is right up there in the front. It's like there's a couple seats, there's some folding padded chairs. Those are absolutely fantastic. I really like those seats. That has been one of my favorites so far. Uh, press box is a great view as well. Um, MLB is scheduling a game in London next season, uh, says John Fang, and I believe it's going to be Yankees-Red Sox. What non-traditional baseball country would you like to see a game in, and in what venue would like would you like to see it in? Um, I Assume you mean non-traditional baseball country. Um, you might you mean country where um, there's not a history of baseball. I guess um, I'm not sure what exactly you mean there. Um, so I would like to see a game in Rio de Janeiro uh, at their uh, what is it the Maracana uh, Stadium. They do play baseball in Brazil. They're not great. There's not a huge history there. I would love to see it there and see a crazy atmosphere. Um, Non-MLB cities, non-traditional baseball country. Um, I think there are some places in Central Europe that would be really cool. One of the uh, big soccer stadiums or maybe somewhere in Spain. Um, Would also like to see uh, some baseball um, in like a crazy place in the middle of nowhere, like some corn or some, you know, on a beach somewhere. So that'd be fun. Um, will we see Soto in the majors already covered? Is Murphy ever coming back? Yes, Murphy is coming back. He is currently in Florida getting ready to come back and make a rehab assignment. I would assume that the nationals will want to be quick with that. He will have uh, a couple games probably in Potomac, maybe Harrisburg, depending on who's where and then join the team after, uh, four or five games, um, just to make sure he's uh, 100% solid. Okay, uh, I know it's early, but what will the Nets look to do at the trade deadline? Uh, I don't think they'll do much. Uh, it's been pretty clear uh, with injuries to uh, Ryan Zimmerman, Anthony Rendon, um, Daniel Murphy, obviously, uh, Brian Goodwin, that the Nationals have some absolute power depth. Uh, so I think if anything, you're going to look at some more boring middle relief, uh, uh, six, seven inning guy mop up relievers, um, than anything else. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. Uh, Madsen's going to be solid. 
Uh, Doolittle's obviously solid. So the back end's good. Uh, bench is deep, and they're only going to get players back. Uh, are the NL leaders, Braves and Phillies, really contenders or just pretenders? Um, I think the Braves are a, a lot better than people gave them credit for. Um, I think they're doing great. I don't think uh, they're going to be able to sustain, but I do think they're going to be better and potentially challenge for a wild card by the end of the season. Um, blah, blah, blah. There we go. More Soto. Okay, there we go. I think that's it, and my power is back. Uh, for some reason, my internet is... Uh, oh, there it is. It's My internet is back, so we'll be able to pop this baby up and record. Um, thank you for listening to Nat's Talk on the Go. Um, I would love some questions. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, hopefully everyone sees this in your podcatchers tomorrow. You can go ahead and fire off some more questions to me tomorrow, and I will come back in the next couple days and answer those questions. Uh, yeah, that's right. I will do a questions only uh, for those of you um, that are listening right now. Uh, when you listen to this, not right now, because that would be weird. That would mean someone's in my house listening to me. Um, so yeah, go ahead in the next day or two as you uh, get to this podcast. Uh, I know some people got some things to do now as the Nationals are uh, currently in the middle of all the rain. Um, first we have tornadoes, then we have floods. Uh, locusts are next. This is what happens in Trump's America. So... That's it for Nat's Talk on the Go. Send me questions in the next couple days. I will do a quick uh, questions-only episode if you guys send me some questions uh, as you're listening to this. So thank you very much. I am Craig. Uh, You can find me at Craig Mac on Twitter. Uh, Next week, I'm looking to have a guest host. So uh, if he listens to this, uh, he needs to reach out. So uh, you can find the show at Nat's Talk on the Go uh, on Twitter. We are not on Facebook. We are not on Instagram. We are not on Bumble. We are not on WhatsApp. But we are on Twitter. And we like it there. So, tweet us. Tweet me. Thank you for listening. Uh, This was a lot longer than I expected it to be. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all very, 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 very much. Have a blessed day. Blessed be the fruit.